Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the second petition of the Lord's Prayer. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Awesome. We're all pastors, and we're all talking theology. Yeah. So far. Today yeah. we are, anyway. Right. Unless we want to talk about the all the twins. No, no, no we don't we want to talk about the, the socks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are losing in a much better way than the twins right. are losing right now. We had uh, our sights set on winning this year, and you guys are trying <laughs> to lose. <so>. Yes. <laughs> Oh, good. oh, baseball season. I love it. It's great. It's so I, good. I just signed up for MLB.tv and I was oh, yeah. relaxing to that. And it's like, oh, it's good. Studying, preparing a sermon, you yep. know, seeing baseball a few people from my church, baseball. Yeah. Yes, life is good. So, and you got, uh, yeah, I know, Brian. You're not a sports guy, <laughs> or at least not a baseball guy. No, not really. No, I'll put on <laughs> Brahms or something like that when I'm studying. So yeah. sometimes Dead Mouse, you know. <laughs> we had a lot of those in our church lately. No, I'm talking about, forget <laughs> it. That was just bad. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but do, All right, well, we'll let's spike. <laughs> let's, let's talk about, uh, let's continue our conversation from last week, yeah. uh, looking at God's kingdom. And we started to talk about, you know, God's kingdom coming or advancing. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what the church is doing to or yeah. trying to do in, in terms of advancing God's kingdom and uh, go from there. So, And of course, as we said last episode, it's kind of in the guise of the AFLC construct that yeah. the kingdom of God is the congregation. And, right. So, well, and yeah. we're going to get to that. That's kind of the second half of the episode is mm-hmm. Luther has this whole section in the large catechism on what are we praying for mm-hmm. as we pray for this. But yeah. the unfortunate conclusion of what we didn't really have time to wrap up last episode is that the American church, uh, regardless of denomination mm-hmm. or affiliation, uh, we all have this addiction to creating an emergency and then spending copious amounts of resources to treat that symptom that doesn't necessarily exist. Hmm. And this is that sort of situation you see in American Christianity is specific to the second position, to the second petition, that thy kingdom come. And we're all up in arms about God's kingdom isn't coming. And we need, what are we going to do? The church is dying. The church is being defeated. We no longer live in a Christian nation, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And, okay, yeah, and so the that's... panic that the church finds itself in is contrary to what we're praying for in the second petition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's bound up into wrong views of what the kingdom of God is or isn't. Absolutely is bound up mm-hmm. into wrong views of what the kingdom of God is is or isn't, and it's mm-hmm. also bound up into wrong views about how the kingdom of God comes. And mm-hmm. we were talking a little bit off air, but we always want to make it about us. We always want mm-hmm. to make it our responsibility. We always want to be the ones uh, who uh, produce the product. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it goes, that's original sin. We, we have this innate addiction to ourselves to the point where we think we're, you know, overthrowing God's plans mm-hmm. uh, when we do or do not do something, or we're, you know, we're we're validating them or mm-hmm. you know, whatever when we do do them. God, the kingdom of God, comes indeed without our prayer, <laughs> uh, but we pray it would come among us. A delightful uh, little line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that's one of probably the best phrases Luther ever mm-hmm. penned. Is just that reminder, and it, and it is comfort in that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't think it would be comforting to say that God doesn't need us. Mm-hmm. 
but it is comforting because, I mean, you look at it, it's the height of all arrogance to think that the plans, God's eschatological plans, his eternal design would be hinged on a stiff-necked and obstinate people mm-hmm. who are constantly trying to take credit for what he's already doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And, and so when we look in culture, we look out in society and oftentimes Christians have this alarm or this, yeah. th- they start freaking out, you know, what's going wrong? And we need to remind ourselves the scripture that the, the gates of hell will not prevail uh, against Absolutely. the church, against the God's kingdom. And, and the church, our habitual response to that alarm, to that emergency is to start a program or a campaign. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the silver bullet mm-hmm. uh, that, that solves all the problems. And, and the best way to illustrate this, and, and I can't speak for either of you or anyone listening, but I probably get seven to 10 phone calls <laughs> a week at the church office yeah. of this parachurch ministry or that parachurch ministry that will help us get over that last obstacle to be this. Yeah. And almost all of them are designed to get us, what's the, what is it, the Bait 200 switch. winnow? Is, oh, is that the, the breaking new, past the 200 yeah, in terms the, of a congregational size. Yeah, it's yeah. all in physical attendance, you know. And, you know, on the one hand, physical attendance is important because it's real people mm-hmm. that we're counting that are in our churches hearing the message of the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, confessing their sins, repenting, being forgiven. That's important. But, you know, a church of 40 people whose median age is 172 uh, <laughs> Whoa! What? No, <laughs> I've been to a few churches that look like that from the outside. Anyway, nice. <laughs> but, but if the gospel is being preached and the sacraments are being administered, that's where yeah, the kingdom of the God kingdom is. God is there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and you know, as much as some people might cringe, a church of five thousand mm-hmm. where that's happening is also where the yeah. kingdom of God is. Right. Yeah, but, that's right. It's not know, a big or small. It's not yep. a big or small thing. Although from a pastoral perspective, mm-hmm. if your church gets to a certain size, just plant another church mm-hmm. because there's only so much a pastor can do before you're bringing on pastoral staff. And then as you bring on pastoral staff, you're paying people to be doing what should be done automatically in a congregation. And so there's, again, it's a tension there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion is that when your church hits 150, you should have two pastors and be looking to plant a church. Mm-hmm. But that's my yeah. personal opinion. No, that's good. I think in the AFLC, we tend to have smaller congregations right. than what the Missouri Synod is used to. And I, I think I like that. I, I'm becoming more and, com- more and more convinced, like what you just said, that there's almost like a, a response to, uh, I've, I've read a lot of guys that talk about having healthy small churches and you know the average size of a church in america i think is like 75 people that's exactly where we're at which is interesting yeah Yeah. and like you said is the word of god preached is are the sacraments administered um is the fast is the pastor faithfully shepherding the congregation mm -hmm, you know it's those sorts of things and and that ministry is a law and gospel ministry Mm -hmm. you know and and we do that, but I look at my congregation, which I love dearly. And when I started, we were at 45 average Sunday attendance. And in last year, I think we were at 77 mm-hmm. for average Sunday attendance. Yeah, and in, in a metro area like Minneapolis, it's really hard to keep the membership logs because you have so much in and out and mm-hmm. coming and going. So I just go by average attendance yeah. on that. But that's not, you know, that's not a badge that I pin on my chest that we've, you know, almost doubled in size since I've started. But I also look at the congregation. If it gets any bigger, I'm going to need help. 
in in managing the the visitation of the congregation and and knowing the specific and individual needs of the the mm-hmm. people who I'm called to right. serve. Yep, that's good. Yeah, so so we're talking about the kingdom of God here. Um, what? Any? Do you have any other comments, Jason, on that that topic that you brought up about? Um, especially, you were talking about creating emergencies. Do you have any examples of of that? Well, I mean, right now, everyone it's 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 chic to blame or appeal to the millennials, which is this ubiquitous generation that, depending on who uh, you talk to, we're. You and mm-hmm. I, Brett, are millennials, and some mm-hmm. people would say that we're not millennials. Right. I mean, we're, I've seen it go all annuals. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I've seen it all the way. I've seen the measurements go all the way back to 1976. Wow. I, I, one generous one was 76 to 96, which is ridiculous, because that's like my entire school life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's many, you know. So, anyway, you you see these emergencies on on the big box church websites and in different things. Millennials aren't coming to church. Mm. What are we going to do to make the church more appealing to, to millennials? And, and the 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 practical answer to that is, what possible thing could you do to make the gospel more attractive than it already is? Just preach the gospel. The mm. other thing that I think that's part of this is, you know, parents and family. And I think that there has been, unfortunately, this idea, this country club mentality that we're the pastors, we're paid to raise their children in the word of God. Mm-hmm. And parents really haven't taken seriously their call and their role in, in making disciples out of their own children. And I've seen that honestly grow over the last years. And um, it's really disturbing to me. And that's too bad. It's quite unfortunate because honestly, you know, and, and I've talked with this about our, our own youth director, with our youth director, where technically there shouldn't be a youth department, really. You know, if you yeah. wanted to have youth gatherings and to have mm-hmm. fun and to fellowship together. But all that teaching and instruction should really, really be a part of the home, first and foremost. But I think that in all of discipleship, they have placed all of this on the paid professionals at the church. And, and people really haven't really taken, you know, their own vocation as part of that reality where they're like, oh, I pay this person to do it. They're, they're supposed to do it and I'm good. You know, I paid my, my, my money and, and now the paid professional is going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like going to a mechanic or something uh, like that. Outsourcing everything. Yeah. 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 And uh, I just think that's really well, sad. And we become the professional church workers, which yeah. is not intended to be. It's a great environment that you brought this up because that's the purpose of the catechisms. Mm-hmm. The catechism isn't the church's textbook on the Bible. The catechism is the family handbook for worship. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and, and I think it was you, Brian, who gave me the idea first of all, whenever you do a baptism, you have yep, the father a I small do. catechism. I, I think that's exactly glorious. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea. But you know, it's when we see these problems, and you know what? There's a lot of people thirty and under who aren't coming to church. You know, we want to well, how do we make church more appealing to the thirty year olds? Well, let's look at the root cause of the problem is that these thirty year olds were never trained. In the faith, these twenty-year-olds were never trained and raised in the faith. Is we have parents today who say, "Oh, I can't come to church on Sunday because of hockey practice mm-hmm. or soccer mm-hmm. practice or whatever." And well, why can't you miss a soccer practice instead? I'm resisting the urge to step on my sto- soapbox here. So I'll just, <laughs> it's feel it. There's, yeah. there's, it's, it's there, but but what yeah. we end up doing is we end up killing each other with style instead of focusing on the content. Mm-hmm. And so, and really, that's a. That ends up showing how we are uh, maybe a low view of the gospel. It is a really low. We need to add to it, or not add to the gospel, but 
kind of uh, dress it up. Almost looks like a more like a carnival or a state fair than it does a church. You know, it's like, oh, come over here. You know? Well, it's, so <laughs> I've been thinking about this analogy for a while, and it doesn't appeal to everyone because it's sports, and you know, sports, 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 <laughs> sports, sports, sports. The, the same thing I that sports, is sports. happening in the church right now is almost an identical parallel situation happening with Major League Baseball. Is oh, that you have classic oh no. baseball fans? I mean, baseball's been around for 150 years, but the average 30 and under male, especially, but anyone doesn't like baseball. And so baseball has looked at this problem and they said, how do we make baseball more appealing to the younger generations? And the only answer has been by fundamentally changing what baseball is. Mm -hmm. We've altered the playoff structure so that the the length of the season doesn't matter anymore. The regular season doesn't matter. And it used to. Uh, We're all... Uh, you know, we're affecting the gameplay so that it, it you know, appeals to shorter mm-hmm. attention spans. And, and the real answer that everyone's calling out for is just get rid of all the fluff that's already there and let baseball be different. You know, it's, well, why are games four hours long? Is because after everything that happens, there's a 30-second commercial break. You know, things like that. So now we can step back into the realm of the church and apologies to people who hate baseball or hate sports. I'm not trying to do that. The church does the exact same thing. The 30-somethings and the 20-somethings aren't coming to church anymore. So we are going to alter the content of the worship service so that we can be just like everything else that's out there. But what we need to be doing is letting the church have that absolutely unique message that people aren't getting anywhere. And the only message that fits that bill is the gospel. You know, th- there are places for the church to be giving good advice. That's where the law works. But you can get good financial advice and you can get good marriage advice from anywhere. But in those places, you're not going to be getting the gospel. And so we're praying for God's kingdom to come. And what we're really saying is we want your kingdom to come, God, but we want it to come without your kingdom. You know, so it, Ooh, or at least tweet. through a different means of grace other <laughs> than the word that. and sacraments. Well, you but, know? That, but anything that's apart from that isn't a means of I grace. I know, I know. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's a, you know, it's whitewashed tombs kind of a thing. And, uh, and we have to avoid that. And so where we go instead of treating the symptoms, and, and Luther does this in the large catechism here in the second position, he asks the right question. When we pray for thy mm-hmm. kingdom to come, what exactly are, are we praying, praying for? for? Yeah, and, right. And that's what we need to look at. What are we praying for when we pray for God's kingdom mm-hmm. to come? When we pray for the advance of the gospel, what exactly uh, are we asking God to do? So what's a good practical way of staying focused on that, on, on the true meaning of God's kingdom, proclaiming and applying the gospel as part of the church through word and sacraments? What mm-hmm. What's a good focus? To... I think you just said it. Yeah. It was built into the question. It's always... Word and sacrament, law and gospel. Mm-hmm. The simpler, the better. Oh, it can't be that simple. It, it's always that simple. <laughs> Word and sacrament, law and gospel. And if you want to, be, if you want me to beat my own drum, just because that's the way it goes. Assurance of salvation and vocation. But what about this program and this fancy speaker over here and this fancy speaker's Bible study yeah. over here? No. I mean, all of those I things. Part of, like thinking about my own congregation too, um, focusing on those things. And then our personality and the way we come across is is just who we are. And I've I've I'm growing to be more content with. We're a family, and every family has its quirks and and mm-hmm. idiosyncrasies. And I've become lately. I've just said, you know what, that this is just who we are. We're we're preaching the God's word, God's truth, and yeah. then all the extra stuff is 
maybe the style things or, or yeah. whatever is is just who who we are. But when, when we say that, what, what's so interesting is that when we confess this is who we are, the first step needs to be repentance mm-hmm. because this is who we are and all of our flaws and yeah, right. all of our warts. Yeah. But then embrace that. This is who we yep. are and God has put us together in this body to be. And, and one of the things I've learned from you, Brian, over the years, and we've known each other now for Uh-oh. over 10 years, <laughs> right? Seminary started for us 2007. Yep. Uh, is one of the things you've said to me that I've really taken to heart is not just pastors are called to congregations. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is that the members of the congregation Absolutely. are called to yep. the congregation? We don't go church shopping. We yep. we pray about where God, where is God mm-hmm. calling us to serve? Yeah, and, and and that's what the kingdom of God looks like. We you know in the AFLC we have this beautiful concept of mm-hmm. the congregation. Yep. But what is the congregation? It's the place where the word of God is preached. Yeah, mm-hmm. where yeah. the gospel is applied. Yep. where the sacraments are administered. Where the people of God worship together. Boom. I think another catalyst in there, and I'm just going to talk about pastors for just a moment. I mean, yes, we always, always preach the word of God and sacraments. And what I'm about to say, I'm not suggesting in any way that someone tries to become someone they're not mm-hmm. or to go outside of the personality that, that God mm-hmm. gave them. But if we stay in love with Jesus, and I'm not trying to be all goosebumpy feely, <laughs> I'm talking about word and sacraments ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's just going to become this natural, organic, infectious thing where people begin yeah. to to fall in love with the God who saved us, the second person of the Trinity who emptied himself and and bore our sin on the cross of Calvary and rose three days later. And, and if we as pastors stay in love with that message to know nothing but Christ and him crucified and we stay in love with that, people will see it. Again, you don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be this flamboyant mm-hmm. speaker. I'm just saying that it will. People will see it. Mm-hmm. They'll see a genuine passion for the gospel, regardless of your personality. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's an important aspect for pastors to continue to proclaim this kingdom and allow people the privilege through the power of the Holy Spirit to fall in love with Jesus. And I think it's important too to to kind of put context onto that, even when we don't see that happening, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not happening. Exactly. We're letting God do his work Mm -hmm. among us. And if it happens to be at the time among us, 40 people, Mm -hmm. barely holding on, you know, just enough to pay the bills, Mm -hmm. then that's what it looks like. And if it looks like, you know, us thriving congregation Mm -hmm. in a growing community, Praise God for that, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah. you, you look at the nature of what we're praying for with the kingdom of God, we're really praying for salvation. Yeah, we're, right. We're praying. That's, that's what I've said sometimes when I've taught this to people is when you say thy kingdom come, you're really praying for salvation for your yourself, your family, your neighbor, your uh, grandparent, your yeah, whoever. Well, yeah, All of those and, and, and unto the ends of the world. Yeah, we're praying right. for salvation for the people our missionaries come into contact with in mm-hmm. Sierra Leone and in Uganda yep. and in India and in Brazil and in mm-hmm. Mexico and wherever we're sending missionaries to. Yeah, well, I tried to get them all. <laughs> you know, when your father-in-law is the world missions director, you, yes. you kind of hold yourself accountable you to that brown sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, ticket for today. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we just sent our Bible school choirs over to yeah. Eastern Europe. Right. And we're praying for salvation in the Czech Republic and mm-hmm. in, in the parts of Germany they toured. Yeah. And we have contacts in Latvia and in Estonia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know the Missouri Synod is very active in East Asia and mm-hmm. the stuff they're doing there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know our, our 
our cousins in the, the Lutheran Brethren, Lutheran have Brethren have have place. in Africa yeah. mm-hmm. are very active. And all of this is under that, mm-hmm. but but we get blinders on when we, we want to do the big and awesome things for God, and we're just, hmm. we want God to be doing the big and awesome things. You know, right. we, we flip that. And at the same time, we're praying for the kingdom of God, we're praying against Satan's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is that we kind of want to take some of that glory for, for ourselves, you know, where, where we do these big extravagant events and whatever, that makes us look better. It makes us feel a bit better about mm-hmm. ourselves, you know, because we got some numbers that we can, can tote on Sunday morning or proclaim in the bulletin or whatever mm-hmm. about, you know, this many, you know, mm-hmm. coming to faith or, or whatever. Yep. And I'm telling you, you know, if we could just get away from that and just keep our eyes focused on the cross, mm-hmm. you know, um, Pastor Aaron Olson was at our... our, yeah. our um, well, this will be our last weekend. This will mm-hmm. be several weeks from uh, from the podcast airing. But he said something, and he quoted um, a theologian, and he said this. He's like, if you have a bunch of pianos that are all tuned to each other, they will never be fully in tune. But if they're tuned to the same and only one tuning fork, all of those pianos will be totally in tune. If we keep our eyes focused on the cross of Christ okay. and we continue to proclaim that, it's amazing how unified we would be. And how, and how Christ-centered we would be in all of our missions and in, in all uh, of our congregational lives, you know? Anyway. Amen. Yeah. Good. Well, let's wrap up this episode. <laughs> do you happen to have a verse I today? do. Okay. How, <laughs> you do. never disappoint. I guess. I, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> talk to my wife. Yeah, let's not go overboard. <laughs> in that one we area. Right, we'll right, yeah. right here. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, a very familiar Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your weary soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as we look at an Old Testament passage and how it applies to the second petition of the Lord's Prayer. God bless you and have a great week.